Hey, y'all. It's Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And I've got to tell you about Defense Diaries. Now, it's a new true crime podcast hosted by Bob Mata. Okay. Bob is a career criminal defense attorney. But guess what? His daddy was also, and his daddy gifted him. 15 hours of never-before-heard pre-trial interviews with John Wayne Gacy. And listen to me, you know, I'm raw and unscripted. Bob's pretty much the same way, and he's rough and tough, and he tells it just like it is. But these tapes are actually John Wayne Gacy's pre-trial preparation that the defense attorneys were going to do to try to save his life. And Bob has to give the warnings ahead of time because they're that graphic. And John Wayne Gacy goes into every single detail. It's like nothing you've ever heard in the true crime world. And you're getting it from a lifelong professional. And it's absolutely the most intense podcast that you're ever going to hear. I recommend it. I'm actively towards the end of the series now. But I'm telling you, it's got me hooked. If you're a true, true crime fan, a hardcore true crime fan, go listen to The Defense Diaries on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download it today. You won't be sorry. Wow, what an introduction. I'm Bob Mata, and here's just a little taste of what you can expect from Defense Diaries. Welcome to Defense Diaries a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Bob Mata, and this is season one, The Gacy Tapes. Throughout this season, I'll be playing excerpts from audio cassettes that contain about 15 hours of pretrial interviews between Gacy and his trial attorneys that aside from a few minutes licensed to A&E for an American Justice episode have never been heard by anyone other than his lawyers and myself. On my 21st birthday, my father gave me what I consider to be one of the strangest and most unique birthday gifts I've ever heard of anyone receiving, which was all of his taped interviews with his then-client, infamous serial killer, John Wayne Gacy. He went on to tell me to hold on to them, and that one day, maybe, I could use them for something. 31 years later, the tapes still in the original box that were given to me in are now going to be used for something. you feel that their deaths were their fault? Yes. There is not one of them that didn't, didn't die that I'm aware of that didn't die through their own hands or through their own wrongdoing. Everybody came to my house willingly, understandingly, and knowingly what was going on. What were your initial impressions when you first met Gacy? Uh, I hated him. I thought he was an arrogant prick. Conceivable that some of the bodies under the house are women? It's possible, but I don't know. I mean, with all this was going on, how did you feel when you knew there were bodies? I'm trying to figure out. How the hell can you feel about something that you don't do? How can I have any feelings about it? Once they were on the ground, they weren't my problem. 
Well, there's a new podcast that is re-examining the investigation of serial killer John Wayne Gacy. In the most recent episode, the host profiles a story about the key evidence in the case that he says isn't the story we've come to know. We started our interviews with my father, whom I love, respect, and adore. We then interviewed Detective Rafael Tovar, a very nice man, skilled interviewee, and he was a great cop. In a very short period of time, what we were looking for presented itself to us. The truth, well, it started to come out during this interview with Detective Mike Albright. Well, I don't know if it's, uh, it was never brought up that way. Um, so I, I don't know if that's something I mentioned that to you it was the first time. I think I said that it was the first time that I ever talked about it. And uh, um, so who were we to argue with, you know, state's attorneys and all that stuff. So um, I feel kind of bad about that end of it. There's a gap, and you're leaving that gap open. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, how that's going to come out, so. Mike's interview had left Darren's and my own head spinning. What we had just been disclosed had blown me away. Dave Hackmeister was next. Another great guy. Another guy I have a lot of respect for. You know, that's a that's a detail, I'm sorry, that I cannot remember. You know, and... And I'm not 100% sure, but I think Schultz got it out of the garbage. But I didn't know that for a fact. So our next interview was with Ron Robinson of the Schultz and Robinson surveillance team. And he absolutely, 100% confirms what we've suspected. And he helps us uncover the dark secret that has laid dormant for 43 years. But he said that through the circumstances, we were not to tell anybody about that. So for years, I never mentioned it to anybody. But for that period of time, I never talked about it, told anybody about it. While Gacy is in the station, the search of his home is conducted by Detectives Tovar, Adams, Kautz, Pickell, Kozenzak, and evidence tech Carl Humbert of the Cook County Sheriff's Police. If that doesn't show up in my report, then I was unaware of it that night. And nobody spoke to me about anything like that. And we we collected the stuff we collected, and, and that was... You know, we documented it, as we always do, and that was the end of that story. Sam said I could have killed a hundred people. How do I know I didn't kill a hundred people? How did I know I didn't do this while I was traveling? Possible, but I don't recall it. It's about to get even weirder. So give Defense Diaries a listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we know where the body's at. We know exactly where the body is at.